Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thank you for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Dr. Beverly Wright. Emory Continuing Education offers many certificate programs related to the practical application of machine learning, data science, advanced Python and Tableau, and other analytics tools and methods. These applied programs leverage experienced executives, academics, and practitioners with advanced degrees to deliver these Saturday courses typically taught in around 10 weeks. Learn more about the emerging technology programs at Emory Continuing Education to help boost your career advancement at ece.emory.edu. I hope you enjoy this episode of Tag Data Talk. Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thank you for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Dr. Beverly Wright. Emory Continuing Education offers many certificate programs related to the practical application of machine learning, data science, advanced Python and Tableau, and other analytical tools and methods. These applied programs leverage experienced executives, academics, and practitioners with advanced degrees to deliver these Saturday courses, typically taught in about 10 weeks. Learn more about the emerging technology programs to help boost your career advancement at ece.emory.edu. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Tag Data Talk. Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thanks for joining Tag Data Talk. With us today, we have Juan Goricho, Head of Internal Data at Visa. Welcome to Tag Data Talk, Juan. Thank you, Beverly. It's very nice to be here. Thank you. We're talking today about data management in a global marketplace. So let's start off with a little background on you. Tell us, why are you so cool, Juan? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've been doing this for, like, I've been in the data analytics space for a, for a long time. I, I, I have a lot of passion about the power of data and what data can do for companies. Uh, just to briefly summarize it, in my background is industrial engineering. I uh, came to the U.S. almost 20 years ago to get my MBA. Um, so I am not a technologist. I've always been in this in-between technology and business teams using data to drive solutions. Right? I spent, before joining Visa, I spent about uh, 10 years with Disney, uh, in which I drove a lot of the data analytics teams in, uh, at Disney. So in a, in a nutshell, what my passion is, like, how can we solve real business problems using data analytics in a way that, again, sort of adds value and has a, has an outcome to, to the company. Very nice. And Disney, you were, um, were you with the credit union? So you've been in the money side for a while. Credit union, TSIS, Visa. I'm seeing a thing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so so, so I, at Disney, I was lucky that I, I, I actually led several different teams within Disney. You know, I started in technology, which was my first foray into being part of IT teams or technology teams, which again, when we're on the data side, we tend to be on the shadow IT side of things, right? And I think it's very interesting to then, if you go and spend some time in technology, you realize how hard it is to do technology the right way, right? And how important it is to do it the right way from a just technology and data management perspective. I, I led several different teams at Disney. My last role was I, was I was the chief data officer of the credit union, which is one of the very large, very large and very successful credit unions in the in the US that exclusively serves the Walt Disney Company. And that was my foray into financial services. Then I spent some time at Thesis and now and now Visa. So that's I'm getting deeper into payments as you as you can as you can tell exactly. Yes, very nice. Great. Well, we're talking about data management. And so for um, people listening, what is that? What do we mean by that? Is that including like data that we collect? Is that is it only existing or is it what does that mean when we talk about data management, first of all? To me, data management encompasses all the sort of to use a, an old an old cliche, the people, person, technology that you need to actually make data usable, right? And 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 by that I mean it's not just having data available that you can report on it, but it's having 
products that you build on top of the data that have an impact. And by a product, I don't necessarily mean something that gets sold or monetized. I mean, something that delivers value to end users, right? So data management includes the technology aspects of it, like, you know, how you accumulate the data, how do you source the data, how do you store the data, how do you clean it up, right? It also includes the processes, which is, which is something that it tends to be overlooked in the sense of you need data governance, you need data quality, right? There are all these things that actually make data more usable uh, and, and that are, that are process-based, but you also need the people, right? And the people are the technologist people, but you also need the business people who can actually, you know, interface with the with the clients or stakeholders to build data products that have an impact. So to me, data management encompasses all those activities um, and you need to manage those activities and execute them in a way that is balanced so you can actually have uh, get value out of data. Yeah, so sounds like super easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> very well, difficult, but, well, very difficult. It's well, a tall order, but... So exactly, the focus being yeah. around kind of the PPT, the people, processes, um, technology, but with the end goal of, you'd mentioned um, products, but it doesn't have to be like a, you know, a tangible product. Of course, it can be any kind of program or something systematic exactly. that's established. So the people, processes, and technology surrounding data that ultimately lead to a value. Is that sort of what you mean by data management? That is exactly right, and I think and I think the 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 reason I'm using the notion of of, of product management in this context is that product, the product management management um, discipline brings a lot of uh, best practices on making sure that whatever you're building, you know, mm-hmm. has an end user in mind, you know, mm-hmm. is driven by user needs, um, and actually has a, has a, a sort of like an iterative nature to it, right? It's mm-hmm. not something that, you know, I'm gonna we're gonna build a data warehouse and spend the next three years building this beautiful data warehouse. When you're done with the data warehouse, most likely it's gonna be outdated because you took three years to build it, right? What if a, a product management approach? brings a notion of what is my MVP? What is my most valuable product that I want to build first, right? And how do I test the user uh, adoption hypothesis? And if you bring that to discipline, discipline to bear, right? Yeah. Then your products or what you do with data is going to be much more effective and impactful. So the, the product management, just using that framework or that approach is what helps narrow the focus and elongate the vision for data management, it sounds like. Is that... That, that, that's exactly right. And I think it, okay. it helps bring, you know, more impactful results in less time. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so you, can, you, can, you can deliver more valuable artifacts that people use in a short amount of time. Yeah. Love it. And it sounds, you know, we're making it sound like it's, oh, yeah, you just do these things. But it's actually really, really difficult. But on top of that, um, you know, there are so many brands, but including Visa, um, that are global. And so what's the additional layer of challenge that we're faced with when we're dealing with a global, a global company and a global marketplace and global consumers and global this and global that? So what, yeah. what kind of impact does that have on your data management? Well, as you can imagine, then there's a number of, when we talk about the processes of managing data, it also includes um, regulatory or there's two levels of sort of regulatory type demands that that can be put on data management. One are truly what regulation brings. So if you think about things like GDPR or CCPA, those are regulations that are putting some constraints in what you can do with the data, how you need to manage the data, what rights does the consumer have to their data. But then, you know, if 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 you then take a further step forward, then you realize that companies that operate at a global scale are going to be subject to a hundreds of regulations from many different angles, from many different domains. So, which actually forces the company to say, if I just play catch up with regulation, I'm never going to be done. What, I, what we need to, the way we need to think about this is actually we need to think forward and, and be, you know, 
what truly does it mean to manage data the right way from, an, from a privacy, from a security perspective uh, for, our, for the consumers or for the providers or the owners of the data? And, and how do I meet those needs in a way that makes sense and that, that I'm not going to be at risk from a you know, reputational perspective or at risk because I, you know, data, data get, gets lost? So, at a globe, so if you operate in a single market, then you're subject to a set of expectations from the consumers and the owners of the data in that market. But when you operate at a global scale, like you know, Disney or Visa or even Thesis, right? Then this makes the problem exponentially larger. And how to keep up with that uh, is incredibly important because at the end of the day, how you do that is going to affect your, your sort of reputation and your value, but also it dictates what you can do with the data. Um, I think one of the key points we were talking recently, Beverly, was that just because you have the data doesn't mean you can use it, right? I, you know, that, and, and, that, and that's something that people tend to sometimes overlook, and that's when companies get in trouble when they start not thinking about what rights do I have to this data and, and what, what, how do I ensure that I have a set of principles that will guarantee that I'm using the data the right way. That's a great quote. Just because you have the data doesn't mean you can use it or that you have the right to use it or that you can use it in a certain way. So that brings up a whole nother um, set of questions. But it sounds like you're saying that um, things related to, you know, legal regulation um, have an impact from a global market marketplace perspective. There's also the consumers themselves, like even forget legal, there's just expectations exactly. that are going to be exactly. different. And then the third thing you'd mentioned is, um, and this must be so frustrating, but you, it's not enough to keep up because you got to always go a step above it. You got to always think about right. like, well, what's going to happen next and how am I going to take it? Uh, right. You know, otherwise you have brittle frameworks and, you know, things are just going to break or they're going to be outdated before, before they're actually implemented. Um, So those three areas, is that um, legal, consumer, and then um, the innovation side, like keeping ahead and advancing from a technology standpoint? Okay. So that extra complexity is is, um, crazy, but it's got to, everybody's experiencing it because more companies are going global. What were you going to say though? No, no, that is exactly right. I think the way I would think about it is sort of pivoting its head to say, Ultimately, or the or the or the, all, the most important priority should be around consumer expectations because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, a lot of the data that you have access to or client expectations, a lot of the data that you have access to comes from the fact that you have a trust, a relationship based on trust with your clients, with your consumers, right? So, you know, in some companies, it's going to be a, a B2B relationship. So those those other companies that that you have relationship with that allow you to use that data to create data products have an expectation of you know. Of trust and privacy and well management, good management of data. If you're a B2C organization, same same thing, right? So, what I like about some of the companies I've been part of is that more than just thinking about what is explicitly laid out in the contract in terms of expectation, is more like what is it implied? You know, what 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 is it? What are the expectations of the consumer? So, it goes back to the point of the fact that, like, you could have a project to use data in a way that meets the letter of the contract to the T, right? But does that mean that even if we do that, are consumers going to be happy if we use the data that way, right? And that's a question that's that a I've had. That's a great point. Ex- and that's a question that, you know, we've had, I've had in different settings with different data use groups that say, great, I mean, your project makes a lot of sense. Put yourself in your shoes. If you're, if you're going to, if, if the if data about you, Juan, were going to be used that way, would you be mm-hmm. okay with that? Because again, we know that to a great degree, people are not fully aware of what rights they are giving up when they are consenting to things. Like I consent to my data, like, we click and accept and move on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I think having a set of principles that the company is very explicit about, I say, this is what we think about data. This is how we will use data. These are the rights that our consumers or stakeholders will have in the data. I will respect yep. those above anything else. Right. That to me puts the consumer or the client first. Um, and then sort of you take, you, then everything else should follow. That's why it should be easy to then follow regulation. Regulation that is being deployed around the world is built in reaction to things that have happened, right? Like Mm -hmm. the issues with Facebook and some of the other things, right? Um, So if you have a set of core principles that actually are based on how you built the relationship of trust with your consumers or your clients, everything should be aligned with that and, and follow. There's no, so, and, and what is interesting is that when, when, and this is actually, there's an article about this, when Disney launched the Magic Band uh, initiative a few years ago, um, there was a, there was a, you know, very strong reaction for like, is Disney going to use this data about kids and location to market? And, and the, what the CEO said was, was fascinating because he said like, we are a company, 90 year old company that actually goes beyond the, the, the use of technology in the last year, right? So, Above all, we respect the trust that the customers have given to us, and that includes how we manage data. So we're not going to sort of break that principle that predates everything we've been doing because at the center of it is the customer with their trust on the Disney brand, right? So I see. I, I see. So really what you're saying is um, regulation is regulation, but it's probably based on some kind of consumer concern at some point. But what is a better approach is to focus more on the consumer expectations and building that trust. And one of the examples, if I can try to um, put it into something a little more concrete, would be like, let's say, I don't know, I went to the doctor today, hate going to the doctor, right? I'm like the worst patient. They're like, get on the scale. And I'm like, no, (laughs) 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 I'm not doing it. But the, the data that they collect Let's say that you're, you know, they're collecting data, obviously, for medical purposes. What if they decided, because it's, you know, it's, quote, their data, which we're, we're going to get to that because you talked about the ownership. Um, what if they just decided, let's model Beverly Wright and see if she's likely to pay her medical bills? Like, I didn't... Right. I didn't say that you could use my data, but like, what if it turns out that of a certain, I don't know, demographic or something, then what if I don't want them looking at that and, and using it in that way, even though they have permission to have my data and I've already checked that box, like you had said, like we just flippantly check these yep. boxes. So it's that, um, it's that earning the trust of the consumer. Like it's not enough to have the data you know, the company has the data. That doesn't mean you can use it in the cert- in a certain kind of way. So you have to go above the expectations. Is that kind of what you're saying? And um, that, that is exactly right. That is exactly right. I think if you stick to the principle that if, if in that scenario, right, they, they use the data to improve the service that providing to you, right, mm-hmm. then that, that, that does a lot of sense. But to your point, if they use the data to sell it to third, just because they have it they, and they can, they can introduce, they introduce rights on being able to sell the data. And if they do that, is that is that okay with you? Like no, right, I, mean, I think yeah. I think as as long as long as 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 they stick to my relationship with Beverly and that that, that Dr. Shaw is with Beverly is about making you healthier. And if we're using data in that way, in a way that is respectful of your privacy, you don't you don't want also to be over intrusive, right? Right. Um, but if they if they do it if they use it in, in that way that is improving what you get out of it and, and your benefits, then mm-hmm. I, I think I think that, that that's fine. But again, it all depends the context on what expectations were set up by them and are, are you are you are gonna are you gonna feel it's gonna is it gonna feel creepy if they do some of those things or you know or I, I think one of one of the yeah. things like a lot of people, you know, and this is my experience with companies that are just starting their data journeys that a lot of a lot of people want to go to like micro segmentation and one to one right away and that but 
is that even needed at some point in time? Like, you know, if you're just starting, right, and, and can you do it in a way that is not as creepy because the, the, the smaller the segments, the, the, I think the higher the creepy factor, but it still has an impact, right? And if you're early in your journey with as a data company, um, the, the sky's the limit, right? You can definitely do many things that are very respectful of privacy, but it's still beneficial to the consumers. Uh, and, and that allows you to keep on strengthening the trust of how data is being handled and maybe get into sort of much more uh, personalized or customized experiences using data. That's fantastic. And it sounds like you um, you sort of referenced this already as we go into our last uh, question before we get a final piece of advice from you, which is um, it seems like you would need to build a statement, a philosophy, an approach, a framework. I don't know what you want to call it, but what advice would you give about building like a best practices on data yeah. management, especially given a global marketplace, which is so complex? So tell us, how, how do you even start? Like, what, what can you yeah. do with that? I, I, I think that's all. A lot of companies have, have done this and they have established like, you know, public, they have made public statements in their websites or in, in many different ways on, on a set of guiding principles of data management. Like these are the data values we believe on and this is how we manage data. And, and you know, if companies do that, you know, if, when companies develop those values uh, from looking truly inside of them and deeply into what do we really believe in and those values are truthful, then everything should be aligned, right? Because if, if you're just reflecting the values that the way you do business, then everything you do inside the company is going to follow and you'll, you'll be fine, right? If you're just making it from a PR perspective to sort of play the data game and but not following them, you're going to be in trouble, right? And so I, I definitely think that having those statements sort of those kind of manifesto type approaches, say like this is what we, and those have to be complex, like, you know, a handful of values of what you will we do with data um, and, and follow them, right? And actually put controls to make sure that when someone doesn't follow, you educate people as to why they can't follow them. That, 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 like I, I, that should give people a lot of trust and a, and a, lot, a lot of... Fantastic yeah, lot of, advice. Yeah. So if you can, yeah. if you get a... Because you're right, if, if people are just doing it to like PR, I'm sure that's not very sustainable. But yeah. it sounds like you're saying if you anchor your, um, what did you call it? Guiding principles. Love that. Yep. If you anchor your data management guiding principles on the values, what you believe, you know, where you, where, what kind of company you are, your culture, your vision. Exactly. That's what I mean. so you have to be very deliberate in that process, right? You can't just like, oh, let's throw this in a silo. You have to think about how to hang that from the top of your um, value statements from your company. Exactly. So that's fantastic advice. Exactly. And, and make sure that you follow through in implementing at the different levels of the organization. Yeah. What it does, what does it mean? Like if you have something that says, you know, I don't know, like we only use data for the improvement of the products and services we provide to our consumers. Yeah. Okay, I'm a, as a data scientist, what does that mean to me? Like, right. does, does, that, does that mean that can I build a product that I sell it to a third party? Like, maybe not, right? So, mm. but make it very specific because I think there's a lot of, you know, when, when, you, when we talk, when you talk about a lot about this, the cases where sort of privacy and trust has been, has been breached. Yeah. I don't think my bet is that a lot of those cases don't come out of people wanting to do something bad. Right. They come out of people just didn't know. They didn't yeah, know better, right? right? Well, I mean, it's the classic, I mean, the, the example that gets quoted all the time is the target and the pregnant, you know, teenager yeah. one that, you know, gets kind of abused in, 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 the, in conferences as an example of, but I'm, I'm pretty sure like, like when companies do something like that, they just didn't know better, right? Like, you know, I, I, I had the data, did it, and 
there was no guiding principle that said you probably shouldn't be doing that. Well, and as data scientists, for those of you who are data scientists that are listening right now, <laughs> I have to say, I also get excited with certain types of data. And we think like, oh man, I wonder if I could try this and I wonder if I could do that. And it's that right. curiosity that sometimes makes data scientists so appealing, you know, to hiring managers. But we have to think about, um, you know, these are, this is real currency. This is someone, it could be someone's DNA. Exactly. You know, it's not just exactly. a bunch of data. It's, it's actually connected to somebody. So what, exactly. this is really great. This is gold, Juan. I really appreciate you for doing this. Um, what, what final piece of advice would you give someone that's trying to manage their data in a global marketplace? I think that as we, as we, as we spoken through the conversation, right, and I think there's a, there's a few things. One is the, you know, try to have a, a, a set of guiding principles that are true to the company and the company values and the company culture that actually sort of are above the global footprint of the company. So in other words, can you actually, it's going to be very hard because it's kind of like boiling the ocean, but can you have a set of principles that allow you to operate in every, you know, in every situation across the globe that you're going to be happy with that actually meet the needs and are ahead of regulation, right? That's yeah. the, this needs the, to be the, like the, a constitution. It's got to be enduring. Exactly. Exactly. You know, long time. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Nice. And I think the challenge you know, with, with that is that as guiding principles, as principles are, right, they're going to be tested, right? So the question is like, are you going to be able to follow through? And how do you, again, you have the principles, but then how do you operationalize those in terms of when they are tested, people follow them, or you, they evolve, right? They may evolve because they, you had anticipated situations that you, you hadn't thought about. But to me, the biggest piece of advice is that if the company has that culture and is aligned with those principles, right, and those principles come truly from where the company was built and how you operate, yep. you should be okay. Yeah, I love it. That's great. Thank you uh, so much. Thanks again to Juan Gorisho for talking to us about data management in a global marketplace. Awesome, Beverly. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Dr. Beverly Wright. Have a great data set. Mm-hmm.